I want to invite you guys to stand with me, please. And we're going to just read God's word as we prepare to hear from our pastor today. We're looking at a very familiar verse around here, the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. And in John 10, 10, Jesus tells his followers, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the time that you've already given us in your presence this morning. And we thank you for these words that you, God, not only do you want us to have life to the full and abundance in our lives, but, but you came to do something about it. God, we are so grateful for that. And I pray that you would speak to our hearts and move in us in a new and fresh way today, that we would know you more as we spend time with you today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We live in uh, the most divided time in our country's history since at least the Civil Rights Movement in the 1960s. Divided more and more on moral lines and what people believe about what's right and wrong. I'm not afraid for myself. I am worried for my grandchildren and what kind of a world we're going to hand to them as things continue to progress. But the key thing we can do is pray. That is the most important thing we can do. Prayer changes things. So tonight, we're going to come together and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for our country. We're going to have prayer times all week this week, as Jenny mentioned. I want to encourage you today, if you want to help bring healing to our nation, this is a place where we start. We begin to pray and ask God to move and, and move upon people's hearts. Tomorrow night, Monday night, is a family night. We're asking you to bring your children with you, grandchildren with you, bring them to the service with you tomorrow night. We're going to do things. I'm really excited about tomorrow night. We're going to do things in that service, uh, mom and dad, to help you pray with your children and learn how to pray with your children and make it very comfortable for you to pray uh, with your children. You're going to learn something about praying with them tomorrow night, and I hope that you'll come and be a part of that at 5.30 tomorrow night. Uh, we've been talking about where we want to go. We believe in the day and age that we live in that it's important for us to be founded in the Word of God, that the Word of God is what makes us complete and prepares us for every good work and that the Word of God is our sure compass, our true foundation, a solid anchor of truth for us, and that we need to not just assume, but we need to study it and know it. And so we're doing two things right now to really start that process. One we call equip, which is taking place on Wednesday nights. And right now we're going through a series on what we believe. We believe this is just such a, a foundational thing that we need for us. We want to encourage you to come and be a part of that as we walk through fundamental issues of what we believe because it's out of this, this word of faith that we understand as we hear it that we build our lives and we build our faith. 
We are also starting, starting on February 5th, what we're calling Starting Point, which is a series of lessons, four weeks of lessons, that'll happen consecutively every month. The same lesson every month. The first Sunday of the month will be the same. The second Sunday of the month will be the same for that Sunday, right through the four weeks of the month, to help lay a foundation for anybody who is new to our church uh, to understand what we believe and what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. And so we decided that instead of just asking all of you to, at some point in time to come and go to that, we would walk through those four weeks of lessons right here in, in this session on Sunday mornings. And so if you missed last Sunday, if you had more faith in the weatherman than in the weather and you stayed home last Sunday because you were afraid. It ended up being a beautiful day and wonderful. And if you stayed home last Sunday, you missed last Sunday's first lesson, I would encourage you sometime in the next two to three months, it's February 5th or the 1st of March or the 1st of April, to make your way back to the Welcome Center in the second service, 1030. Come to this service, then go to that one and make sure you pick up that lesson. Today we're talking about lesson two on connection and community. And you need to understand a little bit about who we are. On November 6, 1966, 50 years ago, 59 people came to the first service of Calvary Church. Most of the people there were simply well-wishers, but there were about 12 who were really committed to M.C. Johnson, Betty Johnson, my mom and dad, to help birth a church. At the core of those 12 were Chet and Angie Squires. The vision for the church that would set, for the church was that they would set traditions aside. I want you to hear this. That traditions would be set aside. And we would simply look to the Word of God to guide our actions and our beliefs. They had a deep desire to minister to people from the cradle to the grave. The vision and blessing of God moved them forward. In the next years, they moved from a little uh, dusty lodge hall to a school building and then to their first buildings on South Walnut Street. And then in 1970, they moved to Jefferson Street in what we now call the Oasis Building. On the second Sunday of the church, they started a children's ministry. And as the church grew, more ministries were added to meet the specific needs of people of all ages and to give opportunities for people to use their gifts. These ministries continue today and new ones are birthed along the way. Today, Calvary continues to help people to discover life to the full that Jesus came to offer. Today, we children can come to our daycare six weeks after they're born and continue all the way through high school and graduate from our high school. Senior adults can find a home at Capital Retirement Village, and dozens of ministries throughout every time of life are offered to every one of us so that we, at whatever stage of life we are at, can find the fullness of life that Jesus has offered to us. There are ministries available and places to serve every day of the week. At Calvary, we are serious about being a New Testament church in our world, loving and serving people in Springfield and around the world. We believe God wants us to learn how to live His way and that He created us for good works. 
These two truths drive us to see God's word so we can apply it in our lives and be open to being used to help others. All of this happens because God's son Jesus intervened in the world and as we follow him, we find the life to the full that he promised and we invite you to join us in that vision to find life to the full in your life and to offer it to others. Now, when we talk about life to the full, what does that mean? It is the vision of our church to help people discover that, and that means a couple of very specific things to us. First of all, life to the full is discovered as we possess the peace that comes only from this knowledge of God's love. When you know that the creator of the universe loves you, the all-powerful, almighty one loves you, it gives us peace in all circumstances, and we learn how to walk in his presence. We discover life to the full is security that comes only from walking in obedience to God's word, that no matter what the circumstances say today, God's promises are true, and we can live our life securely believing the promises of God. We believe that fulfillment comes only when you express your divinely given gifts, and we'll talk more about this next week. We believe that wholeness comes only from being a submitted part of the body of Christ that lasts for eternity, and we believe that life to the full comes when we have power over self and sin that comes only from being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, to discover life to the full, we believe that God has always had it in his heart to take people through a four-step journey, and that's what we talk about in Starting Point. The first part of that is we have to know God. What does that mean? We have to know who he is. We have to know what his power is like. We have to know what he does in our life. And that's what we talked about last Sunday, if you missed it. We believe that God takes us through, on this journey through, through connection and community. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about today. We believe that God, the part of that journey is discovering our purpose which is what we'll talk about next week, and in serving others is what we'll talk about in two weeks. So how is Calvary organized to help us reach this second goal? We've talked about the first one. How are we organized to help reach the second one, which is connection and community? Well, the very first place that we're organized at is what you're participating in today. We have Sunday services. Does that amaze anybody? We believe the church, believers, are called to come together to worship God and to be trained in living a life pleasing to God. Capture that with me. We're called to, be, to come together to worship God and to be trained in living a life pleasing to God. We want people at all stages of life to come on a Sunday morning and feel welcome from a person who just doesn't know much about God. Maybe they don't really necessarily know if they believe in God yet or not. 
We want them to feel welcome to come to our services on Sunday morning. All the way to the person who's been serving God many, many years. And we want people to be able to come and feel welcome whether this person is on a new journey of faith or they are an established follower of Jesus. So let's capture together our Sunday morning values. What do we value on Sunday morning? When we as pastors think about it, how do we think about it? What do we want you to think about it? Well, the first thing is this. We value friendliness. Romans 15, 2 says, Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. We value friendliness. Galatians 5.14 says, And the whole law is fulfilled in one word. We shall, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We believe Sunday sh church should be a place all people are made to feel welcome. And that, the listen, the more established you are in faith, the greater your responsibility to serve others and to help them feel welcome. We don't believe it's just the job of the pastors to make people feel welcome. If you call yourself a born-again believer, you're an established attendee and member of this fellowship, it's your job to help people feel welcome. I got a couple amens there. Get any omies? It's our job to come into this place and to look around for people and to look around for people we know and to look around for people that we don't know and to make sure that, boy, everybody, this is our home. We want people to feel welcome when they come in our home. No matter what they look like, no matter what they're dressed like, no matter what your first impression of them is, here is the first impression we should all have. That is a child of God. Doesn't matter what color their hair is, doesn't matter what age they are, doesn't matter what size they are, what shape they are, that is a child of God. And our job, our call, is to let this be a place where every person feels welcome. And so I want to challenge you today. I want to, I want to call those of you who come here all the time. Let, let's let, let's recognize this is something before and after church we're supposed to do. We're supposed to reach out to people. This is why we have a moment in the service to give you a chance to turn around and see if there's somebody that you don't know. This should be the goal of all who call Calvary their home. That when people come here, they go, you know what? That is a friendly, friendly place. I couldn't get to, I, I've been in churches where I walked in and walked around and nobody said a word to me. I was at a church once, I'll tell you, I was at a church once. And uh, <clears throat> I was on vacation, and the people, two people came, oh, we see you're new to our church, what are you, how, what brought I said, well, we're on vacation. And they literally looked at me and my wife and went, oh, and turned and walked away from us. <laughs> Just walked away, you're on vacation, you have no value to us, you'll be gone next week. I stood there feeling really good. <laughs> it's our call to make people feel welcome, amen? It's our call, here's the second thing, we, we value celebration. We believe church 
should be enjoyable. We think heaven is going to be a fantastic place. I'm not going to a boring place, I don't think. I think I'm going to a joyful place. I think I'm going to a place full of excitement and full of purpose. And that being in God's house should be the same. I want our children to go home saying they had fun today. The things I ask, I, I ask our teachers to ask the students before they leave is two things. Did you have fun today and what did you learn? Because I want them to learn something and I want them to be able to articulate what they learned. And I want them to go home thinking and knowing church is a fun place to be. I get to be with my friends. We get to do exciting things. We get to learn great things. I learned that because that's what most parents ask their kids. That's what I asked my kids when they were little. How'd it go today? What'd you learn today? Did you have fun today? Because I know if they're having a good time, they want to come back. And if they want to come back, they're going to learn more. And I believe that should be for all. We want the church to be a place where it's a a place of celebration and a place where we get to enjoy ourselves, that this isn't a museum, but it's a family. And we should come in and celebrate what God has done for us. In Psalm 122, it says this, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. It wasn't, oh no, not again. Is it Sunday morning again? No, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Let me tell you what, 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 what the third value is that I think plays into this. We value inspiration. We believe the church should be a place where people experience the presence of God. We want to know the Word of God, but just as we want to know the Word of God, it's important for us to experience the presence of God. In Psalm 16, it says this, you make known to me the path of life in your presence There is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Where do we find the, where does God lift our spirit? How does our spirit get lifted out of temptation? How does our spirit get lifted out of sorrow and grief? How does our spirit get lifted out of worry? How does our spirit get picked up? It gets picked up by the presence of God moving in our life. It's not just the knowledge, but when God's presence begins to stir and make the promises come alive inside of us, that joy flows into our life. So we want to give every person a chance to walk in the presence of God and discover his presence. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says this, But suppose everyone is prophesying and some people come in who do not believe or do not understand If everyone is prophesying, their sin will be shown to them and they will be judged by all that they hear. The secret things in their hearts will be made known so they will bow down and worship God saying, truly God is with you. You know, I've had people, many of you come up to me after a service and say, did you follow me around this week? Have you ever felt that way sitting in a church service? You know, that's not the preacher. I didn't do that. That's the presence of God. I've had people come up to me and say, you said this today. And I'm sitting there going, I didn't say that at all today. I said something that led them to a place where the presence of God began to speak to them. 
It's the presence of God that brings about this change in our life. And so we want to be a place. That's what we pray for. God, let your, press, let your word be known. Let your spirit come alive. We want to pray for that and, and seek God for that. And I challenge all of you who are believers, let's pray. God, let your, when the choir sings, let your presence come. When worship comes, let your presence fall upon. When, we, when we're worshiping, I'm going to reach out to you and worship you. I'm going to lift my hands till my strength fails because, God, it is in your presence that I find fullness of joy. We have to value that as a team and as a church, that the presence of God is important. The next thing that's important to us is preparation. We believe the church is a place, Sunday morning church is a place, where people learn how the Bible applies in their daily lives. Ephesians 4 says this, And he gave the the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. When we encounter the Word of God, it should change us. If we want life to the full, we have to be changed from, for what, we, from what we are into what He would have us to be. Listen, if I come in here and I don't have life to the full, and I want fullness of life, then I've got to sit here and recognize I'm not getting it the way I'm living right now. I'm not experiencing it, experiencing life to the full the way I'm living my life right now. So I'm going to come into the church and I'm going to learn something and I'm going to begin to apply it to my life because Jesus has promised me fullness of life. I'm going to get prepared to live the way he would have me to live. Does that make sense to everybody? So if I'm wanting more fullness of life, I've got to learn how to walk in God's presence. I've got to learn how to walk in his word. So we should search for the change because we want the promise. We believe on Sunday morning the church should be a place of salvation. We believe the church should be a place where people can come to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Romans 10 says this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how how are they to hear without somebody preaching? Our call is to tell you that there's one way to heaven, that we are sinners separated from God, and that Jesus came and gave his life on the cross so that his perfect blood could cover our failed flesh so that we could be reborn into a relationship with God. And to give you that chance to say, you know what, I want to spend eternity in heaven. I want to discover the fullness of God's plan for my life on this earth. So I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus to be my Lord. I'm going to put my trust in him to be my Savior. And I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. That should happen on Sunday morning. We believe Sunday morning should be a place of praise and worship. We believe the right response to God's power and love is an expression of thankfulness and worship an expression where we praise him for all that he has done that we see around us, that we stand in awe of his power, in awe of his creation, in awe of the life he's given us, and we worship him in love because of the love he expresses to us, and that Sunday morning's a right place for us to do that. 
So these are the things that we walk in the door and we value. In John 4, 23, it says, The hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Now, that's Sunday morning. That's connection point one. Here's connection point two. We believe the church becomes life and a home when we gather together in small groups that we call C2 groups, community, connection, and community. We believe real life change and practical Christianity is lived out in the context of relationships which is why we are a church of small, of, of small groups. In the Bible, they worshiped in the temple, but personal ministry also happened house to house. In Acts 20, 20, it says, how, did I, how, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. So we have small groups where that can happen. Places where you can get get to know other people, and you can begin to walk in community with other people. In these small groups, there's four characteristics that we want you to know about. We want every group, first of all, to pray together because prayer changes things. We want you to be able to bring your prayer requests, bring your needs, bring your concerns, and to be able to pray with a group of friends together. We believe it should be a place where we study the Bible together, where we look into the Word of God and say, how does this apply to my life and my circumstances? We believe it's a place where we build relationship together, where we get to know other people and we begin to carry one another's burdens, rejoicing when somebody rejoices and carrying their burdens when they're burdened, a place where we learn to care for each other others needs. This is why we encourage you to get into a small group and to build relationship with people. We believe it's going to bring maturity and faith in your life. We believe it's going to minister to you in time of need. We believe you're going to find a place to minister and to be used of God in other people's lives in time of need. Acts 2.42 says, and they devoted themselves. what they do? They devoted themselves They gave themselves, they gave attention to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. See, two groups are a place to really find out how to apply the Word of God in your life with others doing the same. A C2 group is an intentional gathering of people who meet regularly Since God designed us for relationship, it is through the connections made in small groups that help that that we, we get help in growing. People form groups around what matters in their lives. This can look like connecting with people who share similar interests or at the same stage of life, as well as finding people who have experience in an area in which you want to grow. C2 groups meet on the first and third Sunday of each month, although there are groups that meet. Uh, All through the week at different times of the week, groups meet in various locations around Springfield and the surrounding area with many groups to choose from. We believe there's a group for you. Now, let me give you a couple of quick things about groups. Four things that you need to know. Again, our groups are open. 
Our group leaders are free to use the gifts and interests to determine when and where their group meets and what they meet about. These groups range from everything from groups that do hobby kind of things together like scrapbooking to going out and serving the needy to helping at our thrift center. Our groups as well as, as, as well are very varied of groups that just meet together to pray together and to study the word together. Most fall into one of these kind of categories. Some are gender-based, some are, some are couples-based, some are all adults, some are senior adults, some are young adults, some are families, some are outreach and prayer, some are various interests, some are recovery groups. There's all kinds of groups to help us grow and, be, and experience the fullness of what God has for us. We have three sessions every year, January through May, June through August, September through December. Now, while we flow in those seasons for the sake of organization and planning, groups are open for you to join them at any time of the year. Just because it's now a couple of weeks into January, it's not too late. You can join any time of the year. Here's number three. You can join a C2 group. We'd love for you to get connected in a C2 group and to find the right group for you. Now, for to do that, you just need to complete a card at the information booth, and we'll be in touch with you to help find a good fit. So you can even go to several groups until you find the one that, that fits the best. And eventually, you can host a C2 group. You have to go through a few steps, but we believe everybody has some strengths and giftings that can be used to serve others. And after you go through a few steps that we can talk about in one of our follow-up sessions, if you're interested in leading a C2 group, we can help with that. Now today, we're about out of time, and I've got about another hour to go. Uh, I'm going to share one point of this, and then we're going to go today. We believe it's not only our responsibility to connect with each other, we believe it's our responsibilities of the church to connect to people who don't know Christ. We consider reaching, we call this, we understand this to be the Great Commission. We consider reaching people who do not know God personally one of our greatest responsibilities. Our Sunday services are for people at all stages of spiritual life, and we hope and pray people will give their life to Christ every week. Our C2 groups are open for people who want to know about Christ and to live a Christ-centered life, even if they haven't crossed that line of faith yet. But we also believe that followers of Christ, that our primary purpose is to share Christ with the people who do not know him. If you're a follower of Christ, you're not exempt from that responsibility. Every one of us can do our part by simply following, again, four basic principles. Here's the first one. You have to accept personal responsibility. You have to look in the mirror and say, God's left me on this earth to be his witness. The Great Commission calls me to be a witness. Number two, you've got to recognize that God wants you to build personal relationships with people who are far from him. These may be people in your family. These may be people that you work with. These may be friends that you went to school with. They may be next-door neighbors. But the call of the Christian 
is not to live a secluded life, but to live an inclusive life and to invite people into their life, not only who are Christians, but people who don't know Christ with the hope and prayer that we can influence them and point them to Christ. We believe that it's our responsibility to share our personal story with people who don't know Christ. To look at people around us and to set a time, a non-threatening time, to share with people how Christ has changed our life and why we hope in him. We believe every person deserves to hear a clear presentation of the hope we have in Jesus and of the danger of going into eternity without him. And we believe that's our responsibility to do that. And we believe it's our responsibility to give them a personal invitation. So we believe it's our responsibility to be aware of the spiritual position of the people in our sphere of influence, that we should take the time to share in a comfortable, non-threatening way what Christ has done in our lives and what we believe about him in eternity. We call this having the talk. We should invite them to watch our lives, to ask us questions about the most important thing in our lives, and they should know about our commitment to follow Christ, and then we should live lives legitimately representing Christ to people around us. And that one of the greatest moments of life is, ful is fulfilled in, in purpose when we see somebody that we know come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Not only do we have a responsibility to those close to us, but we also have a responsibility to those around the world and we'll talk more about that next week. But I want to leave this with you today. We have a responsibility to come into the house of God and to worship him, to enter into his presence, to be friendly with others, and to be a part of, of, of a place where we grow in the word of God. We have a responsibility. Church, listen to build relationship together where we can be sharpened, others can be sharpened, where we can help meet others' needs and where people can meet our needs. And we have a responsibility to connect with people far from God and to live a life in front of them that shows them that there's only one hope for all eternity, and that is in Jesus' name. Let's stand together today and let's pray. Father, we've rushed through a lot of things today and didn't get to cover everything we wanted to talk about today. But Lord, we've covered some really important things. And I pray that as a church that we would just uh, mature in all these things. Where we're doing things well, whisper in our hearts, well done. Where we need to grow, convict us and challenge us and move us. Father, to come and to fall in the fullness, follow the fullness of the purpose that you have for our lives. I pray that even right now, Lord, for believers in this room, that you would lay upon our hearts 
the names of family members, of friends, co-workers, neighbors, that you would say to us, start going out of your way. Start spending some time there. Start building friendship and relationship. Father, let us hear that name in our heart and let us intentionally, Father, reach out and love to people we already care about. But Father, let us reach out with the intention of building such a relationship and that, Father, walls are broken down and people discover you. And Lord, you know the condition of every heart in this room. And so, Lord, I just pray you'd make it clear to every one of us where we stand before you. Right now, I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come down to the front. And if you'd do that right now, prayer teams, every head bowed, every eye closed for just a second. If you'll say, Pastor, I know beyond any doubt in my life that I am a born-again Christian. I have put my faith in Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I know that beyond any doubt. I sense his presence. I sense him guiding my life. He's changing me and making me new. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I know that in my life. I know that in my life. Amen. Just standing here today and you say, Pastor, I, I, I wasn't able to raise my hand with that appeal. I wasn't able to say that. But I'd like to be able to say that it started today. I'd like to put my faith in Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me right now. I'm looking across this place for anybody to just raise their hand and say, Pastor, I didn't raise my hand a moment ago. I'm raising it now because I want to cross that line of faith. God bless you, others today. Anyone else this morning, you'll raise your hand and say, pray for me. Lord, you know every, the condition of every heart in this room. You know the ones who just raised their hand. You may know others maybe who should have. Father, make the most important decision of life. In these next few moments, I just pray that you'd bring a fullness of assurance into every heart of their walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dan's going to lead us in a song. If you're one of those folks who just raised your hand there at that last appeal, I want to ask you to step out and come down and, and pray with one of these couples down the front. If you have any other need in your life, any other need you want somebody to pray with you about, got issues going on in your family, you got issues going on at work, you got big decisions to make, you got health issues, come down and let somebody pray with you before you go. Hey, I love you. God bless you. Let's connect with one another. Let's connect with the presence of God, and let's do the work of God together. Amen? I love you. God bless you.